Welcome, I'm Doug Morgan, and you're listening to Uncommon Sense, where we hunt for the truth in the topics you're not supposed to talk about, Christianity and politics. Welcome to FOMO Friday. Yes, it is that time of the week again where we alleviate any kind of fear of missing out uh, for by bringing you the articles that you may not have actually heard about, uh, especially if you are not listening to the propaganda media. Uh, and um, many times I, I have had the suggestion on this podcast that, you know, sometimes we get a little bit heavy. Sometimes we get into articles that are that get pretty deep and, and, and sometimes a little bit disturbing at times, it seems like. So I've had the suggestion a couple times of um, you know maybe bringing some uh, more positive type stuff and and uh, and I, I, I hey I, I definitely uh, would agree with that because I'm more of an optimist I am not a pessimist in any way and so I I do like uh, to bring you articles that that are uh, maybe on the little bit lighter side or or just simply good news right so this week's going to be about good news. Let's let's get right into it. Uh, we have a series of articles from the Daily Wire which starts starts with this one. The majority say in a poll that mainstream media is a major threat to democracy. Yeah, that's good news, right? According to the latest New York Times Siena poll, the a a healthy majority of Americans believe that democracy is under threat. And over half of those who believe democracy is at risk say that the mainstream media presents a major threat. Isn't that interesting? Because the major media is the one that usually is the is, is calling for uh, the fact that the democracy is under threat because of you know, uh, the overturn of Roe v. Wade or, or it's, it's under threat because of January 6th or, or what, I mean, there's, there's so many things they love to put the democracy is, is, is being attacked or uh, is about to go under. And, uh, and yet guess who seems to be the one that, (laughs) that has that tag by most Americans? Well, the poll, which surveyed 792 registered voters between October 9th and October 12th, asked respondents to select one of the two following statements as aligning closest to their views, even if they did not match exactly. American democracy is currently under threat, 71%. American uh, democracy is not currently under threat, 21%. That's, That's a 50 percentile difference. That's huge in any poll. The poll then uh, directed the 71% who believed democracy was under threat in the United States to answer a few more specific questions about where they thought the, the greatest threats were, were, were coming from. The answers were as follows. Republicans, major threat, 28%. Minor threat, 39%. And not a threat, 29%. Democrats, major threat, 33%. Major threat, thirty uh, percent, and not a threat, thirty-four percent. So, so we see Republicans and Democrats. And it kind of breaks down into whether or not you're a Republican or you're a Democrat, right? So, if you're if you're a Republican, the Democrats are they're the are the major threats uh, to society. Uh, and if you're if you're uh, uh, you know of the other party, then it's obviously uh, the reverse. Now, Donald Trump, they said, 
Major threat, 45%. Kind of interesting. Minor threat, 22%. And not a threat, 31%. Joe Biden, major threat, 38%. So not as much as Trump, actually, in this case. Minor threat, 22 the same. And not a threat, 37 Now, mainstream media, this is the, this is the interesting one. They, they went ahead and threw in mainstream media in here. Major threats. 59%, 59% major threat. And, and then when you ask them, are, are, is the major media a minor threat? Another 25% said yes. Not a threat at all, only 15%. Now, major media has done this to themselves, by the way. I mean, this is, this is nobody else's doing but theirs. Uh, they are an absolute wreck when it comes to uh, trying to tell you the truth about what's going on around you. And, uh, and so th- this is, this is all these outcomes are as a result of what they have done to themselves. Fewer of those polled believe Republicans in general pre- presented a, a major threat. Like I said, the 28%. Uh, but when it came to the, uh, the media, 59%. And, and then of course, when you, when you add the two together, I mean, we're, we're talking about a, vast, vast majority, like 84% of, of Americans polled uh, believe that major media was either a minor threat or, um, uh, or a major threat. I mean, that's, that's, that's crazy. The poll also addressed a number of other issues indicating as a number of others have um, that, that, that President Biden's laser-like focus on abortion and climate change going into November's midterm elections might result in a dramatic misfire. So in other words, uh, when they, when they uh, pulled some of these um, other type of issues, what, you know, what is on your mind going into these midterm elections, it wasn't necessarily abortion and climate change. Uh, respondents to the, uh, the poll ranked major issues by importance, and abortion was fifth at only 4%. Behind that was behind the economy at 26 percent, inflation at at 19 percent. Of course, those two things, Biden and his his cronies, they they don't want to talk about. <laughs> that's that's nothing they want to really discuss with anyone. Uh, they just say, oh, everything's great. Uh, the state of democracy at seven percent and immigration at five percent. That all comes before climate change at three percent. Uh, it, it, it's it, it's not looking good for them. Uh, the Democrats' insistent focus on issues that voters have repeatedly ranked lower on their everyday list of concerns appears to be impacting the um, predictive polls as well. As the most recent uh, pre- prediction maps from the Real Clear Politics show enough of a shift to flip control of both the House of Representatives and the Senate into Republican hands. In fact, I've seen some polling that shows that even the Senate, which uh, wasn't that long ago, they were saying, well, I don't think the Republicans are going to get control of the Senate, maybe the House, but not the Senate. It looks like they might get 55 uh, seats in the Senate. We'll We'll see how all this comes down, but definitely good news. And sticking with the good news theme, uh, Lee Zeldin uh, will win in New York, it looks like, and Drazen will win in Oregon. These, if, if you were to say, if I, let's say I was to ask you, um, what, what, um, what are the probably some of the bluest states in the union? So in, in, in all the country, uh, what, what, what were some of the states that you would say were the bluest, were the, the most democratically run of all the states? Well, 
two of those would probably have to be New York, the state of New York, and the state of Oregon. I mean, Oregon hasn't had a uh, anything other than a Democratic um, governor in, I don't know, it's like 40 years or over 40 years now. Um, but New York Republicans are not by nature optimistic people. And this makes sense given the last time that anyone with an R after their name won a statewide election has been two decades ago in New York. Just a month or two ago, the politicians and pundits and flax and pollsters were... They, they they were all in New, in New York saying that the same thing about this year's race for governor as all the other ones. Incumbent Democrat uh, Kathy uh, Hochul uh, was going to win, and that was just the way it works in New York. And Republican challenger Lee Zeldin had no chance. This was not so much based on polls, though they looked bad for Zeldin but also on the raw registration numbers. I mean, I mean they dominate, they're, they're do- dominated by Democrats uh, there in New York. But things have changed. Now, most of those same folks are saying, at least behind the scenes anyway, not just that Zeldin can win, but that he actually will win. So let's let's look for that here and coming up here in just a few weeks. Uh, and and not to be outdone, Governor uh, Glenn Youngkin, he's the Republican governor of Virginia, which again did the very same thing not that not that long ago, uh, where they had not been under a, uh, a Republican governor in a very long time, and then finally elected Glenn Youngkin. Well, he joined Oregon's Republican gubernatorial candidate Christine Drazen on the campaign trail uh, this last week, uh, actually it was this week, uh, amid increasing support of Drazen in a close race. Now, Drazen has has taken the lead in several recent polls. I, I mean, that's, that's it's, uh, I almost want to say it's crazy because it just doesn't happen in Oregon. And, and with the, the 538 polling uh, average giving her a, a nearly three-point lead over Democratic candidate Former and, and former Speaker of the of Oregon House, Tina Kotek. Uh, this is this is just almost surprising because it, it just doesn't happen. Quote, nobody thought that a Republican governor candidate could win in Virginia. Sound familiar, Oregon? And we stood up last year, and it's your turn to stand up now. Youngkin told this to a group of supporters on Tuesday, uh, at, a, at a Tuesday rally for for uh, Drazen. Now, Youngkin was the first Republican to win statewide office in Virginia since 2009. And if Drazen wins, she'll be the first Republican uh, governor of Oregon since 1987. Yeah, yes, I told you. During the race last year, Youngkin gained the support of parents uh, over their uh, frustration regarding education. And Drazen has pointed out how COVID lockdowns harm students. At a, a campaign rally on Tuesday night, she also discussed the issue of homelessness, another key concern for voters. Yeah, I mean, particularly in in, in uh, uh, the the your, um, uh, the big city areas uh, like Eugene and Salem and Portland. I mean, definitely Portland. Uh, it, it homeless the homeless problem is just absolutely out of control. Um, quote immediately on day one issue issue a. Uh, uh, homelessness emergency that I, uh, I will issue a homeless um, 
homelessness emergency that will give me as governor the opportunity to frankly and frankly the power to be able to align all of the various entities out there, state and local governments, to ensure we look at uh, our 14,000 unhoused folks on our streets and we don't see them as uh, one big number, but we see them as individuals and we help uh, progress them from homelessness to supportive services, houses, stability, and the dignity of work. This is what Drazen actually said at the rally. The race is getting national attention as Drazen continues to to gain ground with voters. Uh, President Joe Biden also visited Oregon last uh, weekend, uh, throwing his support to Kotech and discussing the Inflation Reduction Act. You quote, you've got the Kotech Biden agenda at work in Oregon and you can't do anything but shake your head. Youngkin said they are uh, agendas of chaos. Everything they do makes it worse. It's your moment to take back your state, take back your schools, to take back your cities, take back your law enforcement and to make a statement that just like in Virginia, it will be heard around the world. Now, the, there, there is a third person in, in the race, uh, and, and she's unaffiliated. She's unaffiliated candidate Betsy Johnson, who used to be uh, and, and serve in the legislature as a Democrat. Um, and, and she's actually pulling some of the uh, votes away from Kotek, the Democrat uh, candidate here. And it looks like it, it's actually going to uh, help the Republican become the first Republican governor in a very long time. And it's gotten really bad. When, when, you're, when you're Tina Kotek and you are actually asking Biden to come and to help you stump, I mean, there, most de- Democratic candidates right now are telling Biden to stay away. So it's, it's, she's kind of throwing the Hail Mary out there. Um, and, and those are, are not the only candidates that, that look to win races that were originally thought to lose. Carrie Lake in, is in the lead for Arizona governor and Masters trails Kelly by one point for Senate. So this is in Arizona. The Republicans are close to holding Arizona's governor's seat and potentially flipping the U.S. Senate seat, according to a new uh, Daily Wire poll. Now, a Republican gubernatorial candidate, Carrie Lake, is ahead of her uh, Democratic opponent, uh, Arizona Secretary of State Katie Hobbs, with a ju- with a lead just inside the polls, 2.9% margin of error, 49.2% to 60 uh, to 46.4%. Um, now Republican Blake Masters is at 46.4 and is running a close, uh, uh, just really, really close behind the incumbent Democratic Senator Mark Kelly at 47.4. So there's one point percentage point difference between the two. That is going to be fun to watch. The poll consists of respondents from uh, over a thousand, almost almost 1,100 likely uh, 2022 general election voters. Uh, and it was taken between October 16th and 17th. Now, one of the chief advantages Republicans have in Arizona is President Joe Biden's unpopularity, tying uh, Democrats to Biden's administration, which has course, struggled to handle a multitude of domestic and global uh, crises, um, could could pay dividends for the GOP candidates. And and that's actually what's happening uh, in, in a lot of places is that the, the is that these uh, candidates are um, are, t- are trying to tie the Democratic 
their Democratic challenger to uh, to Biden and what's going on there. And and really, to be honest, it's not unfair to do that. I mean, the the, the Democrats, they run lockstep with each other. And so uh, to see this happening and, and have, have it uh, be working so well, because, again, we are going through a lot of this stuff. Why? Because of the policies of a Democratic House, a Democratic Senate and a Democratic president. Moving on to more good news, and this time on the medical front, a new study indicates that scientists have discovered a method of predicting cervical cancer that could be extrapolated for use in predicting breast, womb, and ovarian cancer. How cool would that be? The scientists who hail from the University of Innsbruck and and University College London uh, examined DNA uh, meth relation, uh, which adds information to the DNA in cells to tell cells which parts of the DNA to respond to. Uh, among women in the study who showed no sign of cell changes but harbored the human papillomavirus, the HPV, uh, which um, catalyzes most cervical cancer. The, the, the new test found 55% of women who would suffer cell changes in the next four years. The, this is that was a report from The Guardian. More often than not, the immuniz- uh, immune system uh, remedies an HPV infection within about two years. But cases also abound of the HPV surviving and later developing into cervical cancer. Quote, this new method is more specific and doesn't lead to overtreatment, which is good news for cervical cancer prevention and great news for everyone who needs to be screened. Uh, It's uh, it's so welcome to see screening tools and predictive uh, tests becoming more effective. We want to prevent cancer and we know uh, and we know with cervical cancer that we can intervene at the early stage. This is a really cool thing that's happening here. And and to see that it not only is for cervical cancer, but you know, breast and ovarian and all these others as well is just that that's that could be a major, major breakthrough breakthrough in the medical area. Uh, all right. Uh, women um or actually they're, they're uh, Oakland ramen workers dressed as power rangers rescue a woman from a man choking her. Yes, I, I know. Let, let me let me explain. Ramen workers dressed as Mighty Morphin Power Rangers. <laughs> you you have to you have to go online and see <laughs> and see see them dressed up as this. At, at a New California Bay Area restaurant, rescued a woman Friday night after a man chased her into the business and put her into a chokehold. Yes, uh, Ploy Petra spoken uh, uh, documented the series of events in a string of now viral tweets from the Thai-owned restaurant Noka Ramen in Oakland, California. "Quote: When something surprising breaks out, you're not sure if it's real or not," she said. <laughs> uh, but when the employees dressed as the '90s live-action superheroes witnessed the man. Attacking the woman, the manager dressed as the Black Ranger, uh, and his employees dressed as Yellow Ranger, <laughs> told the man to leave. The attacker began to swing, kicking and yelling Asian slurs at the two Power Rangers. But that's when all of them joined together and shouted, Hui! Uh, that, I guess it's a term 
uh, it's a it's a Thai expression similar to the way that uh, maybe you know Cantonese say wa or the Koreans say ya or something like that. You know, it's something like that. Anyway, the Yellow Power Ranger blocked the attack and told the woman to hide in the kitchen and drag the man outside the restaurant by the collar. <laughs> Witnesses attempted to call the cops as the patrons were, uh, were shaking and crying while the man now outside began picking up chairs and baby seats and salt and pepper shakers and throwing them at the windows. He then left. And at some point while the crowd waited for the police to arrive, um, well, he went and returned with a friend, I guess, <laughs> a friend in quotes, and, and, and they tried to, to fight the Power Rangers, but the police still, you know, they hadn't arrived. It was, it, it was over uh, half an hour. And, uh, and so that they, what they did is they just locked themselves inside and waited for the police to finally uh, show up there. Uh, but anyway, it, it was quite the scene, it sounds like. And, uh, and, and, and they said that the, the, the staff at the Nokia uh, ramen uh, dressed as, as the Power Rangers because it's a ramen fusion restaurant where their main cocktail is, yeah, you guessed it, the Noka Rangers. <laughs> so anyway, I guess they said the Green Ranger told her that the staff was was beta testing the costumes. Um, and, and, they, and they also said that uh, before, obviously, the, the night was out, that the, the, it was a great, uh, it was just great timing that they were, <laughs> they were d- uh, dressed like that and they were uh, trying out the outfits. Um, and the manager, who was the Black Ranger, said that he has um, no absolute power as his, uh, in his, uh, role at the black Ranger. But anyway, it seemed like he put an end to the bad guys anyway. <laughs> so, uh, moving on to more good news again, we're, we're just going to concentrate on good news. Um, the chosen actress, once skeptical about God says role has been life changing. Yeah, this is kind of cool. I don't know if you've seen the series The Chosen. We're my wife and I. We're, we haven't seen it all. I know season three is coming out here shortly. We I think we're still halfway through season one. But anyway, it's it's been very good so far. I have to say that uh, The Chosen uh, star Elizabeth Tabish admitted that before she landed a lead role on the hit faith-based series, she was at a dark time in her life and was suffering a, a, a depression, actually feeling skeptical about whether God was, was even there. Tabish, who uh, scored the role of Mary Magdalene uh, in the series uh, that um, explores Jesus through those uh, that, that are close to him, said that she was uh, pretty depressed and was ready to walk away from acting before she got the part. Uh, this is actually from uh, from C- uh, CBN that she gave a uh, an interview to. It sounds like, uh, and they shared uh, in a recent interview uh, how, uh, however, that that now she sees uh, there was a a reason for the the pain that she went through and and has a, a new belief in God's love. Said, "quote I was not working uh, enough to really make ends meet." She said. I was barely making rent, and I was in a depression all the time. She said that she had decided if she didn't get the role, that she was done and was going to look for something else. However, that didn't end up happening, and she said it's been really hard 
to ignore. That's exactly how she put it, that this whole experience has been something very special for her. Quote, I tried to be very rational about things, uh, Tabish said. She said, uh, and, and over time, it's been really hard to ignore that there's something really special about this experience for me. I feel like I wasn't able to, I wouldn't have been able to connect with the uh, the Lilith portion of Mary Magdalene um, ha- had I not gone through some painful things. Um, because of that, I'm realizing God has been there the whole time, she added. There are these these moments in the show where I'm actually saying that in the depths and in the heights, you are there. So there's been these really sweet sh- sort of um, things for me that personally uh, throughout this show that are, are, are constant reminders that God's love is real. It's a real thing, and I've been slowly opening up to it. Now, season one, which was released in uh, 2019, uh, was the number one highest crowdfunded entertainment project of all time, raising $10 million from over 19,000 people. And this is this is according to a press release, actually, um, and previously reported. And uh, we've talked about about the chosen uh, on this podcast before. Uh, over forty million dollars in production costs funded season two and three via the um, uh, disruptive pay it forward model. Um, and and the the trailer for season three uh, actually dropped on Monday on YouTube and became the number one trending video on the platform. The first two episodes of the season will be shown together on, on a big screen. Um, and then they're going to go ahead and, and, uh, and release, uh, the, uh, the season. So anyway, something to kind of look for there. Um, and (laughs) as you know, if, if, if you've paid attention to, to things on, on the podcast, um, I like to end in something that is a little bit lighter, um, when we do our FOMO, FOMO uh, reports, uh, it, it's FOMO Friday is, you know, oftentimes can get a little bit heavy sometimes, even though they're, they're, we, we just look into uh, little clips of, of things that are going on. Sometimes it can get a little heavy. But uh, the last one, I always like to, to, to bring it a little bit lighter. And this one definitely fits that bill. Okay. Environmental protesters glue themselves to the floor and then they complain that they can't poop. <laughs> This is awesome. You, I, I don't know if I'm going to make it through this one. Oh, uh, man. Environmental protesters determined to force the German auto uh, automotive industry into decarbonization glued themselves to the floor at a Porsche pavilion in the um, uh, Autostant Museum in Wolfsburg, Germany. <laughs> then, if that wasn't funny enough, right? I mean, if you see the pictures of it, they got their hands glued, super glued to the floor, right? Uh, if that wasn't funny enough, that they complained that there was no place to poop. <laughs> Together with 15 other members of, of uh, Science Rebel One, I guess, is, is their, their group. I have uh, occupied the Porsche Pavilion, uh, is what they were hashtagging. Nine of us glued to the floor uh, and some of us on hunger strike until our demands uh, to carbon uh, decarbonize the German transport sector are met. Self, the, 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 the one who actually um, tweeted this out is a, a self-proclaimed ex- uh, 
experimental economist or something like that. Anyway, he's just some weird dude. But he said, quote, uh, Volkswagen told us that they supported our, our outright uh, protest, but they refused our request to provide us with a bowl to urinate and defecate in a decent manner. <laughs> How are you going to decently defecate in a bowl while your hand is glued to the floor? <laughs> and they even turned off the heat. <laughs> I mean, if that wasn't enough, if your hand's not glued to the floor, you can't defecate in a bowl. <laughs> now they're going to turn off the heat to them. <laughs> oh, man. Current actions and plans are grossly inadequate. <laughs> And and even these obligations are not being met. So they're they're really mad. They're really mad that 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 the car industry is not decarbonizing. And 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 what's funny is that they, if you look in the picture, they've glued their hand to and they're they're right around the the, the car there. Uh, that that's a hybrid. It's an electric hybrid. So <laughs> anyway, they can't even get that right. Um, it, it said, of course, conservatives and 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 not just conservatives, but a lot of people have have been uh, having a field day mocking these protesters because these guys were not the brightest bulb in the box. One uh, one said, perhaps you should have thought of bringing your pot before you glued yourself to the floor. You blithering idiot. <laughs> of course, that one was said by Ben Shapiro. I mean, I mean, can you imagine? Um, yeah, poop on the floor. No one said life is easy. <laughs> that was from T Tim Pool. Um, another one, Stefan Miller said, last loser to pee themselves gets the car. <laughs> it's it's kind of what it looks like in the picture. Uh, and then somebody else said, nothing says serious effort like pooping in a bowl. <laughs> it's just, it's just so bad. I mean, can you imagine everybody's glued and there's like nine of them that glued themselves to the floor and are <laughs> all around this showroom. And, uh, and can you imagine after, you know, getting, getting settled in, you got your hand glued to the floor and then you look around and go, okay, now who brought the porta potty? <laughs> what? I thought you, I thought you brought it. No, 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 I didn't bring it. I thought you did. I mean, it's just so bad. Anyway, uh, you, you, you may, you may identify with some of these things. You may not. I, I would just love to listen, uh, to what you had to say and, and maybe even ask you a question or two. And, and if, if, if you wouldn't mind, go ahead and go to uncommonsensepodcast.com to do that. Thank you very much for listening. This podcast is a production of Morganite Communications.